This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. You're here for the partnership. You're late, but you can still go. Uh, if you're a young adult, and you, you can discern if you're young or not. But the exchange is Friday night at 7 down here in the youth room. Baby dedications are this Sunday. And then I'm going to plug it again. The, the Exo Marriage Conference is really quick. It's February 10th. I, I, I really have a heart for you to go. Uh, you know what I find out? Anything in our life that we don't feed will eventually die. That, that's why these marriage conferences are so big that I believe we need to feed our, our marriage covenants that we're in, okay? And I don't say that to beat anybody up. I just, I welcome all of you to try to do everything you can to get there. All right, all right. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter four. And I'm gonna start just reading scripture here and you'll begin to, to find out where we're going. Um, I'm gonna give you a little bit of insights. Proverbs chapter four is where you're going to start with. I, I believe the subject I'm gonna talk about tonight, it needs to be spoken within the church a lot more than it's spoken about. Because if we don't learn what the Bible says pertaining to this issue, then the only other way we learn is through the world. And I don't know if you figured this out or not, but we live in a goofed up world, okay? And so hang in here with me and you'll find out real quick where we're going. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Above all, guard, keep your heart, value, protect the affections of your heart. Do you know what? Uh, one translation said, let there be a vigilant watch. In other words, you, you, gotta, you gotta protect your house right here, this thing called your heart. And he goes on to say, for out of it, out of your heart, it springs the issues of life. Guard my heart. In every area, but especially this one we're going to talk about tonight. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Now, as you're turning to Hebrews 13, I don't know if you've ever figured this out or studied this biblically, but our Heavenly Father, Father God, you're going to Hebrews 13. This might sound kind of strange, but our God is the author of sex. Whose idea was it? It was God's. God, God was the God who said, this, this, is, this is my desire for mankind. He said, be fruitful and multiply the earth. And, and so God blesses sex. And some of you say, I can't believe he's talking about this in the church. Well, believe it. Because I believe that's this significant. But when I talk about this, this must be obeyed in God's view only of the marriage covenant, okay? Now, pay real close attention here in, in Hebrews 13, verse 4. Marriage is honorable among all. Well, the last time I looked at the definition of all in Webster's, it meant all. Ever, ever man and woman. Marriage is to be honorable among all. 
and the bed undefiled. Now, some translations will say it this way, the marriage bed is undefiled. Remember the word defiled has the meaning of corrupted or polluted, but he said in the, in the marriage covenant, it's undefiled. So it would be just the opposite of polluted, contaminated. You know what it would be? Blessed. God said the marriage covenant and the marriage bed is undefiled, it's blessed. Now look what he goes on to say. But fornicators, you know what that really is saying? If you're single, you're a fornicator. If you get into sexual sin and adulterers, married folk, God will judge. And so in order to guard against sexual immorality, God has ordained and blessed this sacred relationship called marriage. And his desire here when I read that is, is for the marriage covenant, the, the couples to be responsible and preserve their intimacy because this world is goofed up. This world is flat, messed up. So off of this here, you say, well, where are you going with this? Well, everything that God creates, the devil tries to pervert it or twist it. And so the God of sex has become an idol in our society. Do you know one of the definitions for the word of sexual immorality is a word that's spelled porneia, P-O-R-N-E-I-A. You get it, it's the word where we get porn. So sexual immorality or porn in America is now a multi, listen, listen, billion dollar industry. They say that porn in America is more profitable than the NBA, than Major League Baseball, and from the NFL all combined. And so again, the goal of the enemy here is to twist things. He's to get people off what God designed it for. But I highlight this right here. When you see what takes place here, the marriage is un uh, uh, honorable and the marriage bed is undefiled. God blessed it. This is part of what he said here. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so as you're turning there, the devil takes something that God meant for good and he twists it to become a God. And what happens on this altar of sexual immorality, what, what I should say is what's sacrificed on the altar of sexual immorality, marriages, homes, children, career, and when human beings get into sexual immorality, it causes pain, and it is a very, very path to destruction. When I get outside of a God's belief for this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me get there, and I'll start reading. Verse 12. All things are lawful, 
legal, permissible. But all things are not helpful or profitable. All things for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any, or I will not be brought under the power of anything. So often people will say, well, I, I have a right or a freedom to do whatever I want. Well, in that sense, when we talk about freedom to do whatever we want, actually that freedom really means destruction and it becomes toxic. And so I can do anything I want, but it doesn't mean it's beneficial. It may be legal technically, but it is spiritually not appropriate. So what God does for humanity, he sets up these perimeters, he sets up these guidelines, even in this area, and as long as I obey these in a marriage covenant, I'm blessed. But when I get outside of that, I start getting into some things that are not good at all. So when he ends in verse 12 and he says, but I will not be brought under the power of any or anything, he's literally saying, you cannot be mastered or become a slave to anything. Even though you may be able to do it, doesn't make it right in God's eyes. Verse 13, foods for the stomach and stomach for foods but God will destroy both it and them. Now, when I read this about food, let me ask you a question. Who created food? God did. God, God created us to eat food. But could something as good as food, could it become an idol in my life? The idol of food? So what happens is first, you, you start to eat to live, but when food becomes an idol, I don't eat to live, I live to eat. I'm dominated by food. There's nothing wrong with food until it starts controlling me. Now, we'll do a little test here. Are there certain foods or beverage that you're addicted to? You know, man, it's, it's got me. I had been fasting there for a number of days, and I say this every year, one of the most difficult things for me to, to give up is coffee. I like coffee. Probably a little more than I should like coffee. And so I'd gotten off of it for a number of days, and I started drinking it again, and I say every year, I'm, I'm gonna be careful how much I take because it almost gets to a place where it controls me. I don't like that. But each one of us in here, we could have a food or something that controls us. Something that God created to be good, we can turn it into a God when we become mastered by it. Keep reading here with me, verse 13. Now the body, better stated now, my body is not for sexual immorality. There's the word porneia right there. But for the Lord and the Lord for the body. So he tells us something here immediately. 
We're not to indulge in sexual immorality. He says point blank here, this was not what our bodies were created for. Verse 14. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. Better stated, when you look in this, if you'll look real close in this verse, you see the Trinity mentioned. And God, there's the Father, both raised up the Lord Jesus and will raise us up by his power, which is the Holy Spirit's power. When he begins to talk about all these things in here, it's like God is saying, Ask me to grace you in that area. Come, come to me in the name of Jesus, but also say, Holy Spirit, empower me today. I need your help. Verse number 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them a member of a harlot? Question mark. Now, I, I read the message translation, and you know what it says? It says, would you take Jesus to a whorehouse? That's what the message translation said. Right there off of that verse. Now, look how the apostle Paul answers that. Certainly not. Absolutely not. And so again, when I read this, Sexual immorality is constantly before every one of us. I don't care who you are, it's before us. I mean, I, I think about all the places, it, it's just blatantly before you. It's at the temple of the TV, whatever you watch on TV, there'll be something sexual with it. The movie theater, um, the internet. The internet has become an incredible place for sexual immorality to take place. I mean, I, I think about this. Um, you, you can go to a, a college basketball game and some of the attire of the people there, especially cheerleaders and stuff, skin is in. And we've become a society where we've gotten so, so used to that that it doesn't bother us. Have we become so calloused with that? Now, if I had time, I would take us back to 2 Samuel chapter 11 with King David. Great man of God. King David, one, you know, one who wrote the majority of the Psalms, just a man of God. But the Bible talks about in that passage how one night that he went on the roof and while he was on the roof, he looked across the courtyard and he saw a woman bathing. Now, you know what that tells me? He began to look at something that wasn't his. And so if we pulled men in here, we're all created the same. And so again, my eyes have the ability to begin to lust or to crave something. Am I the only man in here who's experienced that? I don't think so. And so King David began to look at something. The looking led to lusting, and the lusting led to him actually engaging. And because what he did, it became 
destructive. In the book of Job, chapter 31, Job said this. This is Job 31.1. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look or to gaze upon a woman. You know why he said that? Because men start lusting with their eyes. It's better stated this. Men fall in love with their eyes. Women fall in love with their ears. But there's power just in these things called our eyes. So the, uh, the Lord said in Ephesians 4.27, he said, don't give place to the enemy. So if there's something that I begin to latch my eyes upon that is outside my wife or in the marriage covenant, if you're a woman, your husband, you're treading on area that's not good. I don't care who you are. I studied through the Bible over and over. You know, the two great downfalls of man, the male gender, is money, pride, and sex. Over and over, you look. So we keep reading. Verse 16. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. You become united with that person. And he ends verse 16 and says, for the two, he says, will become one flesh. Now the significance of that takes you all the way back into the Old Testament to Genesis 2, 24. That's where God gets over onto marriage and he said, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. He didn't say cleave unto his girlfriend. He said to cleave unto his wife and they would become one. But he warns against uniting with a woman for harlot means or a one night stand in that sense because when you become one God created us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 he created us, every one of us spirit, soul and body so when you get married and you come into that marriage covenant not only do you become one physically you become one spiritually, you become one emotionally. So I like to say it this way, that everything that I am and I have, Shelly gets that spirit, soul, and body, and everything that she has, I get that spirit, soul, and body. So again, God's blessing was on the covenant of marriage, but anything outside of that is not good. So he goes on to say in verse 17, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with her or with him. So when I get born again, I become one with Jesus. It's powerful. Verse 18. Flee sexual immorality. Now, why would the apostle Paul warn us to flee this if it wasn't a good thing. Flee, distance oneself, shun it, 
Run from it. Notice he said, flee it. Don't flirt with it, flee from it. I, I saw an illustration one time and it said that if we would view sexual immorality like a rattlesnake, we wouldn't have problems with it. Now let me ask, is there anybody in here who likes rattlesnakes? I hate snakes. I hate, I hate the thought of them. So if this was a rattlesnake right here, guys, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere close to it. I, I, I don't wanna flirt with that opportunity to get bit. So when you run with the snakes, you get bit. Well, this is kind of what he's talking about. So when you see the word here, flee sexual immorality, you can go back into the book of Genesis chapter 39, and there was a young man named Joseph who wanted to be godly, who wanted to please God. And if you remember the story, he was under a man named Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife had the hots for him. She was aggressive at him. She pursued him. And one day she grabbed him. But the Bible said he fleed. And in that passage, he made an incredible statement. And you got to get this. He said to her, how shall I sin against the Lord? Now, anytime I would read that, I would look at that and I would think, wait a minute, wait a minute. He didn't say, how can I sin against myself or sin against Potiphar? He said, to sin is to sin against the Lord. Do you know in Romans 6, 23, it says, the wages of sin is death. Wow. It becomes toxic. It becomes destructive. It becomes devastating. He goes on to say, Every sin that man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, when you read that, a lot of times we have the thought, well, sexual sin is a physical act. Oh, no, no, no. It's a lot more than a physical act. Again, it has to do with emotions. It has to do with mental. It has to do with spiritual so I'm reading on this and I'm studying on this and, and there was a man who was out on a business adventure one night and he was at a place that he shouldn't have been and he gets involved with this woman and he says in this that in his life he never dealt with anger, he never dealt with rage but after that encounter with that woman he began to deal with incredible anger and rage and he couldn't figure out where it was coming from. He found out that that woman had dealt with rage and anger in crazy ways. So when he got into the sexual immorality, not only did he encounter the physical act, he got everything that was in her emotional. And so that rage and that anger, guess what? It found a new home, him. Now, when I begin to read that, I thought, okay, Lord, how would this help us to understand this? Well, everything that he got from that woman was transmitted to him. You'll get this when I talk about this, okay? Physically, and I'm just gonna be bold with this, physically, that if the person you're getting to sexually encounter with 
has any form of an STD, you get it. But oftentimes, we fail to look at what we get spiritually, we get emotionally. So this is why he's talking about every sin that you do is outside the body, but this one, it does something on the inside of me. It causes great havoc and pain. So he goes on, oh my gosh, I gotta go. Verse 19, or did you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have for God, and you are not your own? So when I give my heart to Jesus, I become property of Jesus. So he's warning us right here. You're not your own, and if you're not your own, you can't do what you want to do. I must come to a place where I say, Father God, I want to live to please you. I want, I want to live for you to do the things you desire. Verse 20, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Interesting. Now, I didn't get where I needed to end, but I'm going to paraphrase one of the last verses I was going to. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, the Lord Jesus lists two roads. One is a narrow road, and he said that road is difficult. It's hard. There's not anyone on it hardly at all, but it's the road that leads to life. And there's another road that he said is wide, it's broad, it's easy, and there are many on it, but it is the road that leads to destruction and many go in by it. I believe this highlights our society right now in the area of sex. It's very easy to get in this flow of sexual immorality and we say, well, everybody's doing it. But the Lord said, it's not your body, it's not you. You can't do everything you want. And so when I begin to read it, I said, Father God, grace us. Grace us in this area. Grace our children in this area. Help us, Father God. Again, just because I can do something doesn't mean it's right. But when I do it under the covenant that God set up, God blesses it. Why don't you stand up here with me? Well, it's one of those nights you really wonder going in, how popular is this going to be? But I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I just want to speak the truth where we, where we see the Bible, the Word of God. I'm telling you guys, this stuff has got to be preached more and more in the church because this, this is an epidemic in our society right now. I'm telling you, it is a flat-out epidemic. And I'm not throwing stones, okay? I'm not throwing stones. But I, I know in this room, man, there's all kinds of people that have been married, have good marriages. My mom and dad are in here. I'm, I'm, I'm pondering my age. So, you, Mom and dad, you guys have been married 62 years, haven't you? It's impressive. Impressive. What a son. Bless him. They, they probably won't like this, but I'm going to tell this anyhow because I want to I boast on them. 
Gary and Dana Bender, you guys just celebrated 50, didn't you? <laughs> yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know uh, the drummer tonight, David, and his wife, Angela, who are on the bass tonight, they're getting ready to celebrate 20. <laughs> Bless you. See, there's still godly marriages. There's people that still want to do it how God ordained it to be. And so, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, and I'm going to hurry, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, the Lord said in verse 13, he said, Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. You know, none of us in here are exempt from temptation. And what I mean by that, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from nesting in your hair. <laughs> what do you mean by that? The devil's going to throw thoughts at you, okay? He's going to try to get you. That's the bait. But that's not sin until you begin to act on that sin. And that's what happened with King David. He began to tempt him with look and looky, 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 looky. And that looky, looky, looky got him to play a little hooky, hooky, hooky in a lot of different ways. Let's pray, bow our head here. Oh, I'm gonna keep going. Father God, we pray right now that you would grace us. That Lord, if we've crossed into sexual immorality in any area of our lives, right now, Father God, we repent. We ask you to forgive us to cleanse us, to heal us. And Lord, we pray right now that your word comes alive in us that we would come under the marriage covenant, that you would bless all the marriages. And Lord, I pray blessings on all the singles in here and every one of us, that Father God, we do not succumb to the, uh, the temptations that are so alive and real in our society right now. Lord, I pray a blessing here over everyone in my voice, in Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.